1: Good evening. Welcome to episode one of Books, Brews, Bros. Episode one, volume three, I believe it is. This is like the third time we've done this. Uh, We'll let you know the legacy number next week. This is Eric.
0: This is Enrique. And that's Daryl. All
1: right. And today, um, well, first and foremost, we're welcome back to the show. It's been, I think, three months since we've done this. Now, actually, what, what are we in? May? We're in May, so it's been about five months since we've done this. Um, we have changed the format up a little bit, so it's, it's going to be strictly focused on the comic books. Uh, but it was going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, first and foremost, Eric is new to the show. Eric, how are you doing?
0: Very good, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Our pleasure, our Happy pleasure. Hear, yes, yes. Um, have we been into anything like this past week, Enrique? Have you read anything or...
2: Uh. There's a couple of good things that I was really excited about reading. I, I went back and I was reading Uncanny X Men 199, which is gearing up for the trial of Magneto, and that happened years ago. I want to say that was the 80s. Would you say, Eric?
0: Late uh, mid late 80s.
2: Okay. Um, I'm 40, and I was born in 81, and I've been reading since I was about eight. Um, Eric's been reading longer than I
0: have. Yeah, I'm the OG of this group, which (laughs) I guess now stands for Original Geek. Uh, I was was comics. A term of honor. Yeah, I was (laughs) comics before comics were cool. Um, Yes. Yes. I uh, started reading in the mid 70s. So it's been a long time. Okay, okay. Nice. nice.
2: Now, it's good that he brought up that point that it was before it was cool because I was the last generation to be reading. And you had to keep it quiet because people, you get beat up for, mm-hmm. for being a geek. You don't want to be a geek. But now, now is the day of the geek, and we could all embrace our geekdom. To- definitely. Def- I would say
1: we're definitely from, like, three different generations of comic book readers. Um, probably just, just a 10 years removed each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because definitely coming up when I was reading it um, – the movies were out there. It was it was very much like Batman '89 was out. Uh, Batman Returns came out. So all of these things coming out, you could read comic books, and it wasn't an issue. Right. You know, the the big bust was happening, the boom of it all. So yeah,
0: when I started reading um, Spider Man, the first cartoon was
1: out. Oh, oh, the '66 one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when I started reading, uh, I would say. I wouldn't say there was a Spider-Man cartoon at the time, but Pride of the X-Men had just come out. so so I'm around that time.
2: Okay. such different perspectives. Um, when I started reading, um, they were talking about killing Jason Todd, and I well, I didn't know when they said, "Should we kill Robin, or should we not?" And you could phone in your answer. Oh, yeah, and I called my uncle in a panic. I was like, "Are they really? Are they really, <laughs> really going to kill Dick Grayson? He was like, no. It's not it's not But Dick. it is Robin. It's Jason Todd. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'll tell you, I did call in, and I voted to kill him. That to kill is him. so He's cool. Be- that is He's so cool. Good. That is cool.
1: That is cool. I mean, and we had something similar to that uh, recently with the voting for the last member right. of the I voted. new team of X. did I?
2: Who did you vote for? Banshee. I voted for Banshee. <laughs> Who did you vote for? <laughs> I, I actually
1: didn't vote. You I didn't, didn't vote. vote. I, I sent yeah. you the ballot. Yeah. You sent me the ballot. I dropped the ball on it. Definitely, definitely my fault. But I wouldn't have voted for a Polaris. I can tell you that. Uh, you know what? I would have probably voted for Bobby was one of the options, right? DaCosta?
2: Sunspot? He may have been. Maybe
1: I think he was, yeah. I would have voted for Sunspot. I, I, I love Bobby DaCosta.
2: I didn't vote for him, but I'm glad he's on there, is uh, Sunfire. I always liked Sunfire.
1: Sunfire Sunfire was in Giant Size, right? But yes. there's a running joke
2: yeah. that he has to stay for more than three issues, so let's hope he stays more <laughs>
1: <laughs> He never has. We'll right? see. We'll see. Speaking of X-Men, um, let's talk about this upcoming Hellfire Gala, uh, since that seems to be the biggest news in the X-Men uh, right now, and the X-Men are the biggest thing in comics right now. So,
2: um, we excited for it? I'm very excited. The, the promo art by, uh, is that Russell Dardaman or R.B. Silva? I want to say it's Dardaman. Dardaman's
1: doing all the promo. He's so, doing like all the, the designs of the costumes and everything.
2: The art for the Hellfire Gala looks amazing. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Russell Dardaman, he did uh, artwork on Thor. He did uh, War, of the, War of the Realms. War of the Realms was excellent um, in terms of writing and art. And he's a fantastic art artist. So we're really, I'm, I, me personally, I'm really excited for the promo art. Um, Eric was kind enough to grab me a exclusive uh, promo sketchbook of the Hellfire Gala. And I went to several shops and they didn't have it. Um, for certain events, there's a finite amount of promotional uh, things that are sent. And not all shops get it. So it's good to have friends in high places. Yeah, so
0: and thank you. I'm just glad that I could finally return the favor after all the promo stuff you've gotten me <laughs> over the years. Oh, <laughs> one hand washes
2: the other. <laughs> That's what friends are for
1: Definitely. Eric, how do you feel about the Hellfire Gala?
0: I'm excited about it. Um, they need a way to kind of revamp the X-Men into their next big um, push, and I think this is a good way to do it. I, again, be the old head, um, anything that has to do with the Hellfire Club and, and bringing back that the kind of mystique that not the character mystique, but right, <laughs> mystique right. around the Hellfire That's Club. Perfectly um, I'm all in favor of, nice, so I nice. think it'll be cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm very excited for. It. I'm very excited because I really feel like after a ton of swords, things have been like really not stagnant, but it's been. I haven't seen the reign of X yet. You know what I mean? And and right, and right after of Swords, they were like, we're in the reign of X. Mm-hmm. And right. it just feels like they're still establishing things.
2: They're still fleshing things out. Yeah,
1: so I'm very much looking forward for the Hellfire Gala. I'm looking forward to what we come out of on the other right. side. That's what I'm excited for. The event itself, like, they've kind of already spoiled it for us. So that I, I'm excited for the event, but it's, it's not going to have the same bang for me like it would have if not for... Um, it's not even solicita- is it solicitations that really spoiled it? Or just them no, just saying just shit? Leaks. Yeah, yeah. So We
2: are over and we don't need to be. Yes, yes. We we needed to know that there was going to be a Hellfire Gala. We didn't need to know who the final member of the X-Men was. Yeah. Why Why not entice the, the reader to buy the book? Right. You know what? We didn't need to know that the Avengers are going to show up. We didn't know that the Fantastic Four was going to show up. We didn't need to know somebody dies. Didn't know any of that We didn't know that that Magneto's going to be on trial directly as a result of something that happens in this story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what, are we going to find out, like, uh, two words that we didn't know when we buy the story? Like, what's the purpose of buying the book?
0: Yeah. I will say, though, that the fact that they leaked that the Fantastic Four was going to be there, makes me psyched. Are they bringing Franklin?
1: (laughs) Ah. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Because... Wow.
2: Only... In one book, did Dan Slott completely make an enemy out of me? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the gentleman sitting next to me as well. But Franklin Richards, oh the Fantastic Four, the son of Reed and Sue Richards, he's been established as the most powerful mutant in the 616 Marvel Universe, which is the comic universe for forever.
0: Yep. Am oh, I yeah. right? It's been Phoenix on steroids since he was eight. <laughs> yeah,
2: and they've often uh, speculated as to what the future would look like, and in most, if not all, I want to say it is all futures. Franklin Richards is the last thing alive with Galactus. With Galactus, yes, mm-hmm. in
1: history of the Marvel Universe and history it's of the Marvel the Universe and
2: Earth X and everything. And so many future scenarios. Yep. He's the last one standing, and he is a mutant. Yeah, until Dan Slott decided. That he's not, but the X Men have not reacted to this new revelation, so I'll be curious to see how they do respond and interact. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It should be interesting. It should be,
1: but something that we did need to know was coming up was the end of the Immortal Hawk. Um, and I think it's ending on issue number 50. I've yes. been reading since the first month, it's been a fantastic series, it's definitely going off the rails a little bit. Uh, me and Eric were talking off camera. Uh, off microphone. Um, we're looking forward to the end of it. Uh, more so because we just hope they stick the way Because it has been a great, great run. All-timer for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Hulk has been in existence since Marvel Comics has been in existence. Um, he's gone through so many different character iterations. Um, most of them being some type of variant of Hulk Smash. Um, yeah. So I really loved when Al Ewing brought him back this time and brought in that horror angle yes. to it. It was such a, a fresh take on the character. Yeah. And I just don't want to see him go back to Hulk Smash now.
1: Right, right. Yeah, because this, this was very, yeah, the horror elements, it's, it's psychological, all of it. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm glad that, that Al Ewing, he seems to know what he wants to say. I'm glad that this isn't going to be something that goes forever, you know, because then you run into the issue where the character degrades over time and people do all types of nut bullshit with the character. So I'm glad that it is going to end. But um, I feel you, yeah. If he goes back to Hulk smash, I'm like, all right. (laughs) Like, I've seen that, like... I've seen that
0: movie three, four times already. Anybody has not read Immortal Hulk, um, I would definitely agree with Daryl. It's probably... The most um, influential run on the character ever, at least since Peter David. So yeah, Peter that's, that's
2: David what did a legendary run.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, like I, he's the only one. Like it's 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 Al union and Peter David for this mm-hmm. character. Right. You know, So yeah, it's gonna be sad to see it end, but I mean, still very
0: excited. And exciting. he's going out with a bang, fighting the Avengers again. So yes. How bad can that be? exactly <laughs> right?
1: Hey, did you actually read the um, Immortal Hulk issue that came out this week? I the, did, yes. You did? The special? The, the special, yeah. I haven't read it yet. Is it good?
0: It's two stories. Okay. Um, the first one is set in the ancient past okay. um, in Jordan, and it introduces a Hulk character. Mm-hmm. Um, was I, I really liked that part of the story. They kind of tied it into some of the old um, mythology from Mm. the Middle East, Um, and I thought they did it really well. Um, Keeping enough... It's not really necessarily gamma-driven, but there's enough Hulk bits to it that it it seems like it could be a natural evolution of the character. Um, The second half of the book... Is kind of like a throwaway story with the scarecrow. And, ah, okay. You know, that, that <laughs> Just, was, I do like the scarecrow. Um, right. So, but uh, uh, it didn't work as well Good as well. the first half did. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. Now yeah. I know Al Ewing wrote at least one of the stories. I'm, I'm not sure which yeah, I'm,
0: one. I'm going to say probably the first probably one. Probably first. It's, okay. it's much deeper and much you know, better, Al Ewing. Better okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Now cool. you got Alex Ross doing the covers. On mm-hmm. Immortal Hulk?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all 50 he's going to do. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah,
2: The the, the covers have been beautiful. I, I read and bought issue one and I also bought the Immortal Hulk short box. Um, that's as far as I went with it, but on the strength of Eric's recommendation and Daryl's recommendation and my Uncle John, um, I, I do have to go back and read that. Probably on Marvel Unlimited, the uh, comic book app that you can get on your Tablet or
0: iPhone or whatever kind of... Much better way to read it because if you're buying those original issues now, they're pricey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
2: And Eric and I uh, often used to talk about how back in the day, if you couldn't find an issue that you're looking for at a comic convention, you're not getting it. You know, you could get what you could find or what you could afford. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody has sequential issues. It's not a wealth... like today, if you can't find something, oh, you can order it, and we'll send it to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now,
2: um, it wasn't like that. Now it's a little different. Or you can say, oh, if you really want to read it, just read it online.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's On it's it's available. Marvel
2: so. Unlimited or DC. What is it? Infinity. Infinite. D-
1: DC Universe Infinite. DC Universe
2: yeah. Infinite. Which used
1: to be DC we gotta universe. get that name right We can't be like butchering it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we <gotta get> <laughs> If we're gonna be recording a podcast Talking about this stuff We gotta at least get their name right So they'll actually send us some stuff sure, in advance sure. You know <laughs> I think it's Universe Infinite I'm not even sure myself I'm just saying it. I,
0: hate you. I think the position DC's in right now They'll uh, send you they'll, some stuff yeah, regardless will send you the name wrong <laughs> 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 Alright and
1: our, our last headline Is Is The same bit of news everyone's talking about Uh, Emily Blunt Basically saying that she don't like Comic book movies She doesn't want to be Sue Storm Um, People keep asking her About it Uh, I saw an interview where The four second clip Of this interview where she says that um, She's not Interested I saw the entire interview It's about three minutes And To add context to everything and she isn't as dismissive as about it as people are saying. But you've seen a more recent interview on Howard Stern. Right. And it was pretty disheartening.
2: I saw, well, I, I saw, I listened to, because, because I listen to Howard Stern every morning on the way to and from work, um, which was right after a fantastic Seth Rogen interview, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, this Emily Blunt interview, and I was like, oh, great, Emily Blunt. Maybe she's going to talk about her and John Krasinski being in the upcoming Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe Fantastic Four movie. And as it, as it began, it became quite clear mm-hmm. that she personally is interested in playing as Sue. I was like, ah, that's a bummer. She doesn't want to be Sue Storm. Okay. But as she continued to elaborate and speak so candidly, uh, my my feelings towards... The interview and her in general quickly changed because it went from her expressing a lack of interest in playing the character into her really, in my mind, tanking whatever fan casting we had going (laughs) for her her husband. And for her, she was going to do it fine. But in my mind... She was driving a plane into the ground. The studio (laughs) was on the fence on whether or not to cast... Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, this interview completely tanked that whole idea. So the whole time, like after five minutes, I'm like, you got to wrap this up. You got to please, please just shut up. Stop talking. Like you're, because I, okay, if you don't want to do it, fine, but I still want John Krasinski to be Reed Richards. He'd be fantastic. He'd be wonderful, ironically, as Mr. Fantastic.
1: (laughs) Did you see Russell Dodderman actually draws Reed? As I looking like John Krasinski I mean, now.
2: Yeah, it fits. Yeah. yeah I mean, it,
1: I, at this point with everything, what I, do I want them as Reed and Sue? Eh, I'll take them, but it's, they're not a necessity for me anymore.
0: This is my take on the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know Emily Blunt personally, obviously. Um, she Yet. could just be a raging biatch, but I somehow don't think that she thinks that she is a bigger actress than Scarlett Johansson or um, Robert Downey Jr. or um, Chris Evans or yeah. you know um, Chadwick Boseman, any of the people that have done Marvel films. Um, so to just be that dismissive of it, yeah, it's it, but it seems to me as a smokescreen. Yeah, you know, we know okay. other actors that have gotten in trouble for saying, "Oh yeah, I am doing Marvel yes. movies," so it wouldn't surprise me if saying, "No, I'm absolutely not doing oh, one," okay. means she's definitely in. They're filming already. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, because because okay. it was uh, last year, it was Tatiana Maslany who got cast as She-Hulk. She was oh Variety, the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, she's playing She-Hulk, and then in November she's like, "No, I'm not." Why are y'all saying this stuff? And then in December, Kevin Feige's like, starring as She-Hawks, Tatiana Maslany. So it's like, okay. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Comic-Con in July, Emily yeah. Blunt comes walking from behind the curtain as Sue Storm. So, yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, It's it's it could be just bullshit. Like, I hope you guys are right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I still believe in miracles. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and I'm an optimist. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that's the end of our headlines. Now we've got that's cowbell. So we've got our our top three comics of the week. Um, Who wants to go first? Oh, go ahead. You want me to go first? Go for it. All right. All right. My number three. I have Fantastic Four Life Story number one, written by Mark Russell, art by Sean Izaki and Nolan Woodard doing the coloring. Um, Fantastic Four Life Story number one. Fantastic. Pun intended. In my mind, this is what Marvel Studios needs to do for the Fantastic Four: set in the '60s and everything, and just have Reed get lost, have the four get lost, and then come back current times. Like uh, without going into spoilers, it's the origin story reimagined. Of course, um, I wouldn't. Say, it's not modernized. It's modernized in its storytelling, in its presentation, mm-hmm. but it's very much a '60s era piece. Uh, I know you've read it as well, Eric. Yes.
0: In fact, it's it's my number two book. It's Um, your number two. um, So I'll just talk about it now. Okay. Um, I I loved it. I mean, I I liked Spider-Man Life Story, um, so I was kind of excited to see what they would do with Fantastic Four. I think Fantastic Four Life Story number one is far better than Spider-Man number one. Yes, yes. I love the 60s feel to it, Um, the fact that they opened up with, Reed richard's talking to jfk about the space race crazy, <laughs> um, crazy. It, it just had, it felt so much like you were reading something from the 60s yeah. um i think at one point they had sue storm marching for civil rights yeah 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 <laughs> um, she she
1: was out there during the uh the women's uh the the the, the what is it second wave feminist movement yeah, yeah she was out there for that um yeah, really cool story. Um, very ingrained in the 60s. More so than Spider-Man was. Yes, I, I, I don't think Spider-Man really uh, gripped the times in any particular... It was more concerned with aging the character. Right, right. Where this is very much, this is what's going on in the world. Um,
0: For anybody out there that has been a Fantastic Four fan, um, Daryl already said they start off with the origin retell, which I thought was well done. Um, they do a little bit of the things resentment for Reed Richards and kind of play that up. And then they bring it right into a retelling of fantastic Four fifty one, which was, um, this man, this monster, okay. um, which was always considered one of, um, Stan and Jack's I best um, stories. It came right after the Galactus trilogy. Oh, okay, um, and they, uh, they did a, a really nice job. In fact, they expanded the original story because in the original, it was just an unknown scientist that kind of transferred Ben Grimm's power into mm-hmm. himself. In this one, they actually named the guy and give him a backstory. So it was kind of cool.
1: Now, the doctor that that uh, swaps spots with, with Ben, Ricardo Jones. Mm-hmm. So is this, this universe is Rick Jones? Is that what they're doing with this guy? That I'm or? not
0: sure because... Like I said, the original guy didn't have a name, so I okay. thought it was interesting that they gave him they a gave name. Him one. And then it's so close to Rick Jones, you yeah. gotta Wonder.
1: So, so it should be interesting. But he's, we won't want to get into spoilers, right? Yeah. So, so um, damn. So we just jumped ahead on yours. Okay, All right. That's okay. All right, Enrique, <laughs> okay. you got number three.
2: Um, my book of the week would have to be William number three.
1: My yeah. number, three. not your number one yet. Oh, my no, yeah, three. yeah, not your number oh, one, we're one gonna yet. Build on. up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Right. laughs> Oh,
2: my number three would be uh, Uncanny X-Men uh, 199, which is kind of an old book. Um, oh, the one you spoke of earlier, okay. It led to the Trial of Magneto, Wait. which also led to Magneto taking over for Charles Xavier, um, not just with the X-Men, but in Teaching Men and Mutants. Because um, what made me want to read that was in preparation for the Trial of Magneto, I wanted to go back and reread... The original Trial of Magneto. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's what I was reading. And these are the early days of Rachel Summers, the daughter of uh, Jean Grey and Scott Summers. Um, Pretty interesting character. She she plays a big part in X Factor. Um, But, yeah, that that set up the, the original Trial of Magneto, which I
0: thought was fantastic.
1: Cool, cool. Okay. Okay, anybody can find this on Marvel Unlimited, right? Absolutely. Definitely. Okay, cool.
0: And the original trial of Magneto, <clears throat> he was tried by the World Court. I think this time is going to be a little different. I think
2: so. I hope so. Right? <laughs> if he if he killed a mutant, he will be tried by the Quiet Council or the chosen people of Krakoa. If he's being tried by humans, it's going to be something else entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse and that would lead Krakoa to an immediate conflict with any world power. It could be America. It could be Wakanda. It could be Latveria. Anybody. It could be absolutely anybody that could say, we're going to war with Krakoa. Or all of them. Or all or of all them. Or all
1: of them. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know that's what? basically what Orcus but is. You know what? Yeah.
2: Right now, I think it would take a lot to, to contend with the the the, the raw power that Krakoa has.
0: I was telling these guys last week that I still hold out hope for an AVX2 where the X-Men wind up having to come after the Avengers. Because they're they're basically in a world war kind of conflict. Yeah. Um, except I think this time the X-Men would win. Yeah. I think so.
1: Yeah. And take over the planet. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. They
0: might. Well,
2: for years, for ever since they were created, they've been hunted. By humans, and the Avengers—not for nothing—they really didn't do much to like. Hey, we heard you were being discriminated yeah, against. Oh yeah, never. Where, yeah, like they—they they grazed on that in the original Avengers versus X Men, written by Brian Michael Bendis, mm-hmm. which was a cool story and awesome art by Jim Chung.
0: Yes. Um, My favorite part of that story was the confrontation between Cyclops and Captain America over that very issue that, you know, cap yeah. stands for freedom for all, but not mutants. Right. I That's remember wild. like Scott, like, That's called him wild. Out.
2: And it's crazy. Cause like we thought about it for years, but he put it into words. Like you really never did anything when I was a teenager being hunted by murder, murderous robots that were trying to, to kill me and my entire race. Where were you? Yeah. You, you fought in World War Two. You helped defend people who were oppressed then. We're being oppressed. We've been mm-hmm. oppressed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be a very cool story. Yeah. Yep. Chuck trying to come in or? He's okay.
1: He's okay. All right. Um, since you've got the floor, you want to tell us your number two?
2: My number two this week was uh, Way of X number two. I don't want to give spoilers away, but um, it's a it's a Nightcrawler story with the son of Charles... Uh, the son of Charles Xavier, Legion, David Haller, um, who's incredibly powerful, who has so much uh, raw mutant power, and he has split personalities, and he has a lot of problems. Um, and He's a very legitimate threat, um, in my opinion, way more than Nightcrawler could contend with on his own, but somehow he navigates dealing with him. Um, but it leads to a major, major, major X-Men revelation That I don't want to give away here I I just recommend you read it All right, all right. I, it's I appre- on my list
1: Yeah, mine too, mine too I appreciate the way you tiptoed around the plot yeah. By describing the characters, I appreciate uh-huh. that <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm definitely super interested In, in Way of X, uh, number two I haven't gotten to it yet uh, But Eric, you uh, since we already got your number two What's your number three? Right.
0: My number three, um, and this is kind of a Dark Horse candidate, but um, <laughs> My number three was um, Legends of the Dark Knight number one.
1: Um, okay.
0: Interestingly, another number one, and yeah. we're going to talk about we're number one about issues, that. but um, <laughs> it's uh, by Derek Robertson. He does the art and the writing on it. Double okay. beauty. Um And really, the reason I like it is it has a very classic Batman feel to it. Okay. Um, there's uh, better than that Tinian stuff we're getting. Oh now. God, yes, I'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but basically, the um, the the plot is there is a Russian uh, character that they are introducing that's new that has um, weaponized sarin gas because regular sarin gas isn't bad enough. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he has to weaponize it, and he's trying to sell it to Batman's rogues gallery. So okay. the Penguin is in the first issue, the Joker's in the first issue, Mr. Freeze is in the first issue. So it really has a feel of those old-time Batman Rose. villain crossovers um, nice. that I, I really enjoyed, um, better than I thought I would. Um, and when you compare it to the other, the regular Batman book, the continues right now... Um, <laughs> There's no comparison. I mean, not to offend anybody that's digging Tinian, yeah. but, um, I don't, I, I can't get into this story. It just seems to be going nowhere. I
1: completely um, agree. <laughs> I do know. You, you, you've like, look at oh, the look got, of disgust on your face. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm
2: patiently waiting for, uh, my, my, my brother here that I respect a lot to complete his thought. But <laughs> Go I'm, ahead. I'm, jump on. I'm, I'm ready to jump in. Um, when the New Fifty Two happened, when Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo were on Batman, um, that was such such a great story, such a cool, so, so many cool concepts, such great art, such great writing. The writing and the art were exceptional. Capullo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which led to Tom King taking over, and when Tom King came on, I was like. You know, it's not every day that you have a great creative team like like we just had. This is where the book takes a dip, and then Tom King came correct with with a fantastic story under the DC Rebirth banner, and had uh, a rotating um, cast of artists, but they were all exceptional, and they were all playing to their strengths, and he knew what stories to use with which with which artist. So when Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo left and Tom King came on with Clay Mann and Mikhail Jenin, um, and if I'm missing anybody, I apologize, it was a passing of the torch and it was still must-see TV. It was must-read. must, must read, You know, you got to read it first. Yeah, you know, Tom
0: King knocked it out of the park. Fa- His run was phenomenal. Fantastic.
2: Yeah. City of Bane. Uh, I am Bane. I am Suicide.
0: Just great, great stories. I know you did not appreciate the wedding of Batman and Catwoman all that much. That but was <laughs> disappointing. I, I, I even like that. But, I did,
2: but <laughs> you knew that there was more to it. Um, and now Batcat. Yeah, which led the Batcat. But this, one of the many things I hate about James Tenyon taking over, and James Tenyon had did a fantastic job. On Detective Comics in the Rebirth era of DC Comics, which we loved, all three of us—Daryl, uh, Eric, and myself—all loved the uh, the cast of characters. You had you had Robin, spoiler, Azrael, Batwoman. Um, uh, I forgot
1: how good that story that was. was. So yeah, good. yeah, the the whole the whole Kate Kane, uh, uh, she killed somebody, right?
2: Orphan, Cassandra Cain. um Kate Cain, did, uh, Batwoman did, I think, kill someone. And then Tim Tim yeah, she had came. a problem with, yeah, Clay it was face. deep. She it's really Clay good. Face. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So really good. For him to come off of Detective, to come on to Batman, I was like, great. I'm like, Batman's not going to take a dip. It's going to be a, a trifecta of three consecutive good creative teams. And I, when they signed James Tenyon, I was like, great. And when they signed... Jorge Jimenez or George Jimenez—I don't know how to pronounce it. I was blown away. I was his Instagram, his
1: Instagram page is in complete Spanish, Excuse so me. I think it's Jorge. Yeah, Jorge, yeah. Excuse
2: me. So Jorge Jimenez, his art is beautiful. His art on Justice League was fantastic. He did a great story of Justice League with Scott Snyder. So I thought Tenyon and Jimenez together would be a slam dunk. The only thing I am liking right now on Batman is the art. James Tenyon. Took it upon himself to completely discredit everything that came before by uh, Tom King and Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, um, who went to great lengths to, to make Bruce Wayne romantically be with Catwoman and actually be happy. Immediately, when Tinyan got on there, he sent Catwoman away for a year and left Wayne Manor. The way he did in the 80s when Dick Grayson went to college, got rid of the entire cast. Alfred's dead, which happened during the Tom King stuff. But I'm just completely turned off by it for multiple reasons. And they also took away the wealth of Bruce Wayne and gave it to Lucius Fox. Nothing against Lucius Fox, but we've already seen Broke Wayne. And this 2021 Broke Wayne, it's
0: just... Come on, Lucius Fox has to have Bruce Wayne's money So he can give it to his son <laughs> yeah,
1: That's the point <laughs> That's the point you, you, Oh, you didn't read Future State See? <sighs> you gotta read Future State yeah. Eric, you'll have all of it <laughs> <laughs> uh, So we got your number two Your yes. number two My number two, your number two yes. Is Wonder Girl number one um, if, Speaking of doing Double Duty By Joel Jones and Jordi Belair doing the coloring Um Uh Wonder Girl who is in Future State Wonder Woman Is a new character Yara Floor created by Joel Jones uh I fell in love with Joel Jones on Catwoman Right after the wedding That's when I started like really paying attention To her because the Catwoman Run that that came out after The wedding is really good like I really enjoyed it the whole thing in what is it Town, I think mm-hmm. it is and all that Shit really good um so so I I like Joelle Jones a lot. And Yara Fleur is is very much a Wonder Woman for the current times. She's Brazilian. She grew up in Ohio. She's young. She's she's fast. She's naive. She's not as not as uh she's not the warrior Diana is, you know. She's more more current. Um so this issue that came out Wonder Girl Number One is more like a a origin story. It's it's um Who's a superhero? I was trying to think of an example, someone who they had their story come out and it's they're already going to go. And they're like, issue 16 is like the origin of. And that's pretty much what this is, because when we met her in January, she was already Wonder Woman. She was going on a mission to Hades to recover a sister. Um, And the sister got stuck in Hades and uh, the the Amazons of Themyscira were pulling her back out. So and she was screaming that she failed, you know. So she was going through her trials then. You know. So this is is something that's new um but I I love the character. I think she's a fucking star. Um I and, and I'm I'm very eager to see like where this goes. Like I know the CW were talking about doing a show about her mm. like so soon, you know. Like for someone that's created in January. Uh but I know that like it got shot down or whatever. But I'm I'm a huge fan of the character and, and the book is so fun. The only reason why it's ahead of Fantastic Four Life Story number one is because it's a story I've never heard before. You know, that's the only reason. Um but I highly recommend it. Highly recommend
0: it. I have to go check it out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
1: So you've are oh, he's at a, oh, did he do did we all do our twos and threes? Yes. We all did our twos and threes. Okay. All right. Um number one, do you wanna
0: Drumroll. Drum roll?
1: Drum roll? <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: my number one issue um, is much more kind of mainstream okay. than my other ones, but um, I went with Amazing Spider-Man 66. Uh, really? I did. Um, Hold
1: on, because we talked last week, and, and I believe you said that we're not missing anything. <laughs>
0: well, I, I did. I did say you weren't missing anything, which is why I was kind of surprised I, that I put this I'm on. I'm surprised. But, um, I have liked Nick Spencer's run Um from the beginning okay. um, I like that he stuck with the character for this long yeah 66 um, issues because too. it's 66 issues plus there were a lot of extra issues thrown in the there. LRs or yeah, yeah so he's, that he's I probably collected. closer to 80 yeah now um, and he hasn't run out of ideas um, which is a good thing that's definitely a good thing um so it's Nick Spencer, Mark Bagley draws it, um, which as I said earlier, anytime Mark Bagley draws Spider-Man, you can't go wrong. can um, I would have to say that um, Mark Bagley is kind of the Spider-Man artist for this generation. Oh yeah,
1: most definitely. Um, most definitely.
0: I put him up there with like uh, John Romita, um, Ross Andrew, um, Romita Jr. McFarlane? McFarlane, and then Bagley. And then Bagley. Wow, okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um, um, but it's, it's a continuation of stories. It kind of wraps up the storyline that just finished okay. in Spider-Man and then sets the stage for the next one um, without giving too much away. Um, it opens with uh, the reintroduction of the Rose as a character mm-hmm. um, in the last storyline. Those of you who haven't read it, you might not want to listen to this, but Kingpin brings back his son, brings him back to life um,
1: Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, Spider-Man's my favorite character in all of Capes and Cows, and I am a solid 21 issues behind. Okay. You know, only because, like, it was, it it turned into, I'm gonna wait for this arc to finish while I'm reading all this other shit, Mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna wait for this arc to finish while I'm reading all this other shit, but you're telling me 66 is good, I'm about to read all of those issues, like, this weekend. Yeah,
0: um... There are some big developments in the book with Kindred, um, who is a villain that's been lurking around since like issue twenty-five, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, I won't get too much into that, but okay. Um, there's some some really good scenes both with Kindred and Norman Osborn, and then there's a scene at the end um, with Carly Cooper, who was Peter Parker's girlfriend when they did one um, after One More Day when they mm-hmm. rebooted Spider-Man. Um, and her new uh, I'll call her her new roommate, um, which is very interesting. Um, and they also bring back um, Betty Brandt.
1: Uh, ah, nice.
0: Who, when they show her for the first time, is pregnant. So who's pregnant? Betty, Betty Brant. So who's Betty the dad? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, now Betty maybe Flash? Was
2: romantically linked to
0: Flash.
1: Peter's first girlfriend. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
2: Okay.
0: Which now, would be interesting since they just brought Flash back. Yeah. King in Black. King in Black. Oh, shit. That's
1: very cool. Oh, shit. You about to start reading Amazing again? Yeah, I've been looking so for there's, it. So there's,
0: there's <laughs> a lot of little, just little drops. Um, they're setting the stage for what they're calling Sinister War, which oh. is um, Doc Ock and his Sinister Six versus the Vulture and his six people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's gonna go over but
1: the war of jokes and riddles Marvel style exactly <laughs>
0: um, Spencer has not let me down yet I mean not every book is is gold but um, all of his events that he's done have been tributes to big storylines from the past yes. um, and I like that um, I thought they'd all been very well done they're not Replays of anything, but they're j- nice tips of the hat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what happens. Nice, nice, all these nice. yeah.
1: I'm about to read those 21 issues that I'm behind, like this weekend. I hope
0: you like Boomerang.
1: Oh, you know, I've read, I've read <laughs> Boomerang. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Enrique, what's your number one?
2: <laughs> um, I'm all about a good redemption story. Uh, we were talking about Detective Comics during the Rebirth era, where James Tynion did a great job uh, reforming and rehabilitating um, Clayface. Uh, I haven't read enough Nick Spencer to of Nick Spencer Spider Man to to make a, an opinion about it. Um, I want a reason to come back to Spider Man. There there are some fundamental reasons why I'm not reading Spider Man. Um, The biggest one is the deal with with Mephisto that he made during what Eric mentioned not long ago, the One More Day storyline, where Peter Parker makes a deal with Mephisto to save the life of Aunt May, who shortly after the Civil War is assassinated by an assassin of Kingpin, and he does everything in his power. To save her life. He talks to Mr. Fantastic. He talks to Dr. Strange. How can I save my Aunt May? And everybody's like, this is just her time. She died. And um, it wasn't until he talked to Mephisto. And struck a deal with Mephisto that he saved her life. And you can't make a deal with the devil without there being consequences. True. So once I saw that they're not going to fix this. I I said I'm done with Peter Parker.
0: I will say that although nothing directly happens to address that. There was a development in the story, um, which I am not going to talk about, but it no, no. yeah. hints at the whole Mephisto thing. Okay.
2: All right. Cool.
1: Cool. Cool. Enrique, uh, your book of the week.
2: My book of the week. My book of the week is uh, Wolverine number 12. And it's 12 issues in, and it's written by Benjamin Percy, and it's drawn by Scott Eaton. And Wolverine's my favorite Marvel character. And he has great art by, um, he was having great art done by Andy Kubert, but Andy Kubert and uh, Scott Eaton have been like taking turns, I guess. Um, And it it deals with a lot of vampires, which I'm not crazy about. Um, But it also deals with Krakoa and what's going on with Krakoa and X-Force and things like that. But what I like about issue 12 of Wolverine and what made it my book of the week is this story with the vampires finally takes an interesting turn where Wolverine has to ally himself... With one of the children of Apocalypse who is the leader of a mutant version of, of vampires.
1: You stepping into spoiler territory?
2: Dabbling. Ah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on. Um, but that I, I was impressed with this a lot. And it was a good it was an interesting development. And we already know that Omega Red is being controlled by Dracula and that there's going to be an inevitable confrontation with Dracula and Omega Red and Wolverine And uh, Dracula is trying to use The blood of Wolverine For vampires to uh, Be able to walk During the day Because as of right now They can only It's trying to make blades Yeah, pretty much So that's why That was pretty interesting
1: Cool What about you? My number one was uh, We Only Find Them When They're Dead Number six uh, Written by Al Ewing Art by Simone DiMeo um, or is it Simon? I don't know It's European um, uh, It's We're only on issue number 6 The series started last year uh, Five issues we, we ripped through and then we took a Three month break and now we're back um, The series is phenomenal uh, To put it in Marvel terms As I was telling Eric earlier It's basically the Star Jammers Are mining dead celestials in space For resources That's basically what it is and they they stumble across one that's alive and then they end up killing it. So now they're under the belief that there's more of them alive out there. So it's 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 legal to to mine these Celestials for resources, but it's not legal to sell it on the black market, of course. And they're trying to get rich off this shit. The art is fucking phenomenal. Um, very cinematic, very big in scope it's 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 like it it's it's you read Fantastic Four uh life story number 1 it's like how galactus looks like huge like even though he's in like half panels you sh- you see like how you know grand yes. this character is every panel of this book is like that and and it's it's it ended in issue issue 5 ended on a cliffhanger it came back like with a bang like it's so good um, I, I, like you haven't read it yet, so I don't want to like <laughs> touch on anything that could ruin it. So, so I'll just end it there. It's it's my number one book. Um, I I I can't say enough good things about it. Can't say enough good things about it. Um, damn, is that that's that's all three for all three of us, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, all right, let's take a short break and then when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the point of all these new number ones. All right, so we'll be right back.
2: Once a year. Every year. Come join the fun.
0: Free Comic Book Day is back.
2: Free Comic Book Day is Saturday, May 7th. Walk
1: in and get a free comic.
0: No purchase necessary, no strings attached. It couldn't be easier or more fun.
1: You'll find a selection of fine comic books. Bring your family and friends because there's something for everyone.
0: From kids to grownups.
1: Free Comic Book Day, Saturday, May
0: 7th.
1: Alright, we're back and our discussion piece for this episode, um, since this is issue number one of Books, Bruce Bros, and we've reviewed a couple number one issues in this episode or this issue, um, what's the point of new number ones? Like, I feel like, well, first, for this podcast, I feel like the number one was valid. Um, it's a complete revamping of the thing. I, I would say this is a new storyline, you know. But in these comic books, like we talked earlier, we read Shang-Chi number one. Um, We've been reading the current run on Black Cat, uh, where they're fresh starts but they're really it's just continuations of the a last
0: continuation arc. of the storyline that was in the last issue yes. so
1: so what is the point of these new number 1s other than to sell books because we know that's right, the number 1 everyone knows thing. that yeah <laughs> so like are like do these number 1s serve any other purpose um,
2: it's like an onion there's lo- there's a lot of layers to it like part of it is a paper chase absolutely uh, sometimes it's solely a paper chase. And that's the ones that you really don't like. But sometimes it's starting a new story with some fairly new characters that has something to say. And, you know, those are the legitimate number ones. Um, them having to reboot X-Men so soon in this new era of X-Men seems like a paper chase. We're Most still definitely. Gonna, mm-hmm. We're still going to read it. because oh, yeah. It's the flagship title of the X-Men. But sadly, it's uh, more often than not uh, just a financial reason and uh, explanation for them to start fresh and make a new reader who doesn't know better think they're getting a collector's item.
0: So what you're saying is, comics are like onions. They have layers. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's my best Shrek impression. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, is there a point to any of this? Uh, I don't know. I got really burned on the new number ones back when every time a new writer or artist came on a series, it had to start over. Like, they for 40 years, they con- had continuous numbering. And then suddenly, every time a new team came on, they started over at number one. Brand new. Um, for no real reason. Um I will say that, you know, we you mentioned Shang-Chi. Um, would I have bought oh, the issue if it was Shang-Chi number six from the last series? Probably not, because I wasn't buying the last series. Right. That's fair. Um, That's fair of you to say. So it worked for they me. Big <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: this this number one stuff it's it's This is what bothers me When we get number ones that are unnecessary And when we don't get necessary number ones Because I think of the three of us I'm the only one that still reads DC Am I? Well regularly Regularly okay I mean I know Enrique still reads Batman um, But I think I'm the only one still reading DC consistently
2: I'm reading Batman And not liking it I'm reading (laughs) Batman Urban Legends Which I am liking I'm reading Batman the Detective. Which I'm liking. I'm reading Nightwing, which I just started reading again. But yeah, mostly I like uh, the Marvel stuff. DC's uh, got got some work they got to do before I could uh, get back on board with that. Yeah.
1: But with that said, me reading DC, I'm reading this arc of Justice League, uh, Bendis' Justice League. And that should have been a number one.
0: It really should have been.
1: Because it's not a continuation no. On anything that is... It's a
0: complete
2: that, left turn.
1: Complete. Like, even with... um After we got done Scott Snyder's Justice League, it started stepping into some other territory. They could have rebooted it then. And then right after that, we went into the long... Was the last winter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right then, we went into some other shit. And then last winter ended, we got Future State, and now we're just back with... I think he started with 59. So it's like... Okay, none of these stories, like, match up. So, DC is 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 dropping the ball <laughs> with issuing number ones, and Marvel was just doing it way too much. Yeah. Yeah, way too much. I mean, when was the last time we got a number one that you felt was justified?
0: A new number one that was justified?
1: Uh... In Marvel. Because yeah. I think DC does it whenever they reboot their universe.
0: Right. I mean, I... I guess all the when they re-released everything after Legacy, okay. So like that Spider-Man number one, I right? Thought, okay, it, you're kind of starting a new story here. So oh yeah, that worked for me. Captain America number one that came out at the same time. I was okay with that. You know, Daredevil number one that started around then. But I think once that little cluster, mm-hmm. um, I haven't. Haven't really cared for... A number one, yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah. if you figure Dan slots with the character for 10 years, the next writer better be getting a number one, mm-hmm. you know, after after having to go through that. Because now this guy's bringing it on for a new generation. Right. So, okay, definitely, yeah, I, I definitely get that, yeah. Because, the, yeah, these number ones, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I can't count how many number ones that we've gotten, like, the last, like, two, three years. We've gotten a Doctor Strange number one. And then a Doctor Strange number mm-hmm. one. Um yeah, it's 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 insane being hit over the head with all these number ones. And
0: um, let me tell you, for anybody that collects hard copies of books, it makes it almost impossible. How do you how do you save them? Do yeah. you save them alphabetically? Do you save them chronologically? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you keep it in order? Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the struggles. <laughs> I'm gonna say
2: two more things about number one. Um, two number one titles in Marvel that were significant for me were Children of the Atom and Way of X. Because it's not like X-Men where they rebooted it a hundred times. Those right. Brand new titles with brand new purposes. And even though Way of X, the purpose hasn't really been defined yet, but it's a, new, it's a new story going in a new direction. Children of the Atom, same thing.
0: How about X-Core?
2: X-Core is another one. Going in a new direction. And I know that you're a Warren Worthington guy. I know he likes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Eric likes Angel a lot. Um, and I did enjoy X-Core number one. Um, but I will also say, with the numbering and the number ones, they could be all these number ones you want. When it comes time... For the anniversary. For issue 700. 750. 725. You're going to see. Return to Legacy. Numbering <laughs> Absolutely. Just for this. And a nice 6 or $7. Uh, price tag on it.
1: Just like we will next week. Without the 6 or $7 price tag. <laughs> but yeah. Um, number ones. I think we're all on the same page. As far as they're concerned. Like... It, If it's justified, it's justified But Like uh, I don't even know (laughs) Like, I hate number ones I I hate them, I really do I really do, especially with with Long form continuity It's just, stop breaking it up Into volumes, because that's an arc You know what I mean, stop that You know, because as far as I'm concerned Immortal Hulk, that's a 50 issue arc, Mm -hmm. that's all it is you know, so if someone else wants to come on and take on this character, go ahead, you know. But don't don't uh right. keep it going like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, is that all we have to speak on about these new number ones?
0: Yeah, I believe that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until next week when we'll start over with number one again and right? talk about it. Again. <laughs> All
1: right, next week uh, before we sign out of here, what are we excited for next week within the next seven days coming out? Books, TVs, music, movies, anything. Um,
0: Eric, I want to hear your list. All right, right. I'm Uh, very interested. I'm I'm gonna maybe steal one from you. Okay. Um, The thing that I am most excited about this week, and it's a DC book. Imagine that! Shit, check uh, that out. Is um, the return of Milestone.
2: Okay. Uh, nice. I love nice. Milestone
0: when I was younger. Um, I, I especially loved Icon and Rocket. Nice. Um, and the fact that they are kind of updating it um, with some of the original creators from the first time yeah. they did Milestone. Um, I really want to see what, what they do with that, especially to put it out now. Um, you know, the, the social climate right now just seems to be ready for it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm really kind of geeked to see what they do with that. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Anything else, or you you have a three or? Well, I mean that that's my big one. My other two are more of a stretch. All right. Well, um, I mean,
1: do you want to throw them out there now or?
0: Well, I'll I'll just I'll do one more. Okay. Um, My second thing that I'm excited for um, really goes kind of beyond the comics, um, but um, I've been playing Marvel Future Fight um, since the beginning. Um, For any of you that have never tried it, um, it's probably one of the best comic book based games and it's free um of course they'll hook you and ask you to buy a lot of things (laughs) to try and level up your characters but Mm -hmm. the platform is free um it's been in existence for six years um it's still fresh today um there's probably what would you say enrique over 70 different playable characters
2: over 70 very very diverse and very different awesome characters um, all with costumes reflecting what you see in the books. They've even introduced characters the same day that they dropped on Wednesday when the characters debuted, like Victorious, mm-hmm. who's in the pages of Fantastic Four. It's awesome. Eric and I play it all the time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's such a well-developed game that they've actually taken new characters that they introduced for the game and have introduced them into the Marvel mainstream. Nice. And, uh, in comics, so they're putting out their latest update. Um, they are finally going to address um, a, a character that they've had a tag on that says "coming soon" for about four years. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do with nice. that.
1: Okay, awesome. okay,
2: all right. Uh, Rika, anything you excited
1: for I'm
0: really next week? Excited
2: for the last Ronin number three. It's a Ninja Turtle story. Um, it's awesome. Uh, there's a futuristic story going on here where three of the four Ninja Turtles are dead and you don't know which one it is and you you get little clues as the story's going on. It's got great art. It's got a good story. I don't want to give anything away, but I'm enjoying that.
1: Anyone that knows me, my favorite turtle survived. (laughs) Anyone that knows me. Uh I'm excited for Black Panther 25. It's the final issue in ta Coat's Coates' run with the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. Um, he actually wrote two volumes of Black Panther, the one that preceded this one as well. Um, this is going to be the final issue, and then it's going to be taken over by John Ridley going forward. John Ridley's been doing the, uh, the next Batman. He's been doing that. He's been doing the other history of the DC Universe. So... I'm very interested to see what he does with the character. He's He said that it's definitely going to be a love story. And if it's T'Challa, the only person I can think of is Storm.
2: Who we've already seen in mm-hmm. the memoir.
1: Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. That's that's at my number three. Um, My number two is the next issue of Something is Killing the Children, written by the panned on this podcast <laughs> earlier, James Tinian Um as far as I'm concerned, he just can't write Batman. Like everything else, he is exceptional. Something is killing the children.
2: Is that an ensemble story or is it a singular character?
1: Um there's probably I mean I, I think he's in the story because there's a little boy named James um that looks just like him. <laughs> um so I would say it's I would say it's like about three lead characters in this in the series. Um,
2: I think he does better with team books. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know because I've read The Department of Truth as well from him, and that's not a team. You know, that's not an ensemble book, and it's exceptional. Like he's he just can't write Batman. That's it. Like that's that's his, his downfall. But something is killing the children. That is my number two. I am extremely excited for that. Uh we got your two yes, from we got you. Mine. We got yours? Yep. Okay. You you so got another one or I got, I got one more. But you got, got no for it. Yeah? Yeah. All right. All right. This one isn't even a next week thing. It's like as soon as I get back to the house. Modoc. Modoc came out on Hulu, ten episodes, half hour. Patton Oswald is doing the voice of Modoc. Patton Oswalt yeah, and in, is in. <laughs> yep, big comic fan. He's in Parks and Recreation. Yep. He's in uh, Agents of Shield as Agent Caning and all his twins or <laughs> clones. Um, if you've never seen Patton Oswalt's uh, uh, the the, the ta- his town hall speech. In Parks and Rec, where he's talking about a crossover universe between Marvel, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and everything else. <laughs> Check it out. It is so good. I'll, I'll put a link in the uh, episode description. Um, but he's on the Modoc show, and he is Modoc, okay. And I've heard it is hilarious.
2: And what network is that on?
1: This is on Hulu. Okay, It's on Hulu. I heard it's hilarious, like the Harley Quinn cartoon is hilarious.
2: I enjoyed the Harley Quinn cartoon. Yes.
1: It's so good. So good, Uh,
2: you got one. So for me, I got um, X Men twenty, which is I believe the final issue. (gasps) Yes, of of Jonathan Hickman on the flagship flagship
1: X Men, with uh,
2: Nimrod on the cover. Uh My last uh, book on my list is for next week. Is going to be Beta Ray Bill, which is really uh, getting good. Um, It's three issues in. It picks up after the most recent uh, Thor story by Donny Cates where Beta Ray Bill had his hammer, Stormbreaker, destroyed, and Odin was the one who gave it to him, and Thor has the power of Odin, but for whatever reason, he can't fix Beta Ray Bill's hammer, so he's on a quest to uh, get his hammer repaired and back to full strength. So those are my picks. Nice, nice, nice. Um...
1: That's it, I believe. That's everything. That is everything. That is everything. All right, that's a wrap on issue number one of Books, Brews, Brews. Issue number one, volume three, legacy number coming (laughs) next week. Um, uh, As we said at the top of this show, that's Eric.
2: This is Enrique. And that's Daryl.
1: And we'll talk to you next week, probably about digital versus print or something along those lines. All right, peace.